privilege for me to be able to, to be here and to share with you what I sense the Lord has laid on my heart. The song Tashina just um, played, my life, my heart, my mind, my trust, my life, I give it. And that's my prayer to the Lord this morning. Lord, my heart, my mind, my trust, and my life, I give it to you. Lord, let every word that I speak this morning be your word. Father, I pray that you would lead out and I will follow. I pray, Father God, that you will speak to me, God, and I will hear. And Father, your people will hear and they will obey. They will hear you calling out to the very deep in recesses of their hearts. And they will trust you and obey. So Father, I just give you thanks and I bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. I also want to take this opportunity to remind you that we're going to be having communion right after I'm through. So if you don't have your emblems, get them so that we can all partake, remember and partake together. So the topic of my message this morning is arise and do it while afraid. Arise, do it while afraid. And I love that image, Tashina, of that guy jumping off, jumping off that cliff and it's one of surrender it is one of saying you know what i am not going to withhold anymore i'm just going to take that leap of faith i'm going to take that dive i am giving it all i am surrendering it all my life my trust my heart my mind i am just giving all because once you go off that cliff you are no longer in control you are no longer in control. Because that parachute may not open on your back. Things can go wrong. But when you make that leap of faith, you're not making that leap of faith stupidly. You're making that leap of faith to jump, to, 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 to surrender, to yield to the one who has control. Who controls your landing? Who controls you and suspends you while you're in midair? And he knows where your feet must go when you're when you're when you're when you're on ground. I tend to see people jumping off, jumping off these cliffs, especially in Montego Bay, jumping off and going into the into the water. And it's saying that the, the damage that can be done when you hit that water, if you hit it wrong, it's like a, it, 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 it's like a sharp blade. And people are doing these things widely, wildly. And God is saying to us, arise. Do it while afraid. Thank you so much, Tashina. I, I love that one. I love that. I really love that. The text that I'll be looking at this morning is Judges 6, verses 1 to 16. And so what I will not be doing this morning is reading the entire text, but I'm asking you to be like the Bereans. Go home and, and, and fact-check me. I love when I'm fact-checked because I get to get other ideas and to hear where I go wrong and where I ex my exegesis was incorrect. Fact-check me and let me know. Plus, in fact, checking me, you will also be able to know not only the story, but you'll see the hidden gems that God may be speaking to you through the scriptures. So my question to you this morning is, what is hindering you from fully trusting God? And I'm going to let it simmer for a little, because I want you not just to, do, to just move on to another thing and then your mind start thinking about what I'm thinking about or what I'm saying. What is hindering you from fully trusting God? And Tashina, that song really segued into what I am saying this morning. What is hindering you from trusting God with your heart, your mind, and your life? Fully trusting him. What is hindering you from starting that business? What is hindering you from applying for that new job? 
what is hindering you from surrendering to that, to what God has called you to do? Is it fair? Think about it. There's something that you know you need to do. You know God is calling you to do it. But something is holding you back. Is it fair? Don't wait for the fear to go away. When you read the scriptures, God never used men who lacked fear. And that is why he kept saying to them, do not be afraid. Because the natural tendency to, to be fearful in the unknown, to be fearful when you're changing position, to, to be fearful when you are called to do something new. Don't wait for fear to go. Fear will never go. And to say, okay, fear is gone. Now is the time to do it. Don't wait for fear to go away, to arise and do it. Whatever your it is. Do it while afraid. The it in your life that is to be accomplished is more important than what you fear. The it in your life that God has called you to do is more important than what you fear. So in our text this morning, um, Judges 6, we see we're at the end of Judges 5, verse 31, after the victory of Deborah and Barak. Israel enjoyed 40 years of peace. Imagine 40 years of peace having after going through so many wars and the different judges, God rising up different judges to deliver his people. Israel had 40 years of peace. And the next verse, which they call Judges 6, which we'll be looking at in our text this morning, tells us that the peace that Israelite, the Israelites once enjoyed was over. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven long years. When you're being punished, seven years feels like a hundred years. When you're being blessed, seven years is short. The Israelites were cruelly oppressed and brought into servitude for seven years by the Midianites. They hid in caves, mountains, and other safe places in fear from the Midianites. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, think about it. As soon as it was harvest time, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and others from the east invade their country, destroy their crops, and leave them with nothing to eat. No sheep, no oxen, no cattle, no donkeys. Seven years of hiding in caves. Seven years of having your crops destroyed. Seven years of not being prosperous according to what we call prosperity. Seven years of having everything destroyed. Imagine you bought a new car. You bought a new house. And thief is coming to your house every month. So when you get your salary at the end of the month or every end of the week, there comes a thief to rob you. This is what it felt like for them. Every time it is harvest time, because remember, they're an agrarian culture. So their crops and their and their cattle and their and their sheep and their ox and donkeys are important to them. That is, their, that is their 401k. That is their salary. That is their, that is their, their investment. That is their stocks and bonds. That is, that is what they need. And every time it's harvest time, there come the enemies. The Israelites were reduced to starvation. Because if there's no food to eat, you're hungry, you're starving. There are no cattle to kill. 
you can't kill a goat and a cow. They were discouraged. Think about how you'd have felt. They were discouraged, devastated, and, and in verse 7, they cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord responded to their cries in three ways. He, send, he sends a prophet to call the Israelites to remembrance. He appears to Gideon, and he chose Gideon to be the deliverer. The chosen deliverer to remember, arise, and go while afraid. And so the first claim that I'll make this morning is that the Lord responds to the cry of his people by calling them to remembrance. In verses 8 to 9, I'll repeat my first claim. The Lord responds to the calling of his people or to the cry of his people by calling them to remembrance. In verses 8 to 9, we see where God sends a prophet, and it's a no-name prophet, because there's no name. It's not a Jeremiah, it's not an Isaiah, it's not an Ezekiel. It's a no-name prophet. And some scholars assume a name, but it's not widely um, accepted. So I leave that prophet nameless. So the prophet goes, and God sends him to call his forgetful and disobedient people. To remember who he is and what he has done. So Israel is in the face of difficulties because they had forgotten God's faithfulness. They had forgotten what God had done for them. And some of the things that God did for them, he brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of the land of slavery and he gave them the land, the land that their oppressors were in and he gave them Canaan and he did Canaan was that Canaan changed to become the nation or the land for the Egypt of Israel but they were more focused on the Midianites and the Amorites and they were focused on the impossibility of their circumstances but God was calling them to remember the one who did the impossible so here it is they were focused or impossible. Because think about it. If 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 January, if January, if, if, if when it's if it's March and it is harvest time and they come and they rob you, and it's harvest time again in August and they come and they and they destroy your crops, and it's harvest time again next year March and August and for seven years you'd have lost hope. Your circumstances will be, be them foremost in your mind. And what they were looking at is the impossibility of their circumstances. But God was saying to them, focus on me, the one who can do the impossible. Remembrance is more than speculative. It is more than recounting an event or reminding or recalling yourself to a memory or an act or an event. It is an active and affectionate way of becoming aware of God's presence in our midst at all times. That's what remembrance does. Remembrance says, remember. Remember what God can do. Remember what he has done. But remember that he's here with you now in your present situation. He's here currently with you. Remembrance provides a point of reference of what God has done. And that is why we remember, because we look back to remember what God has done in the past. And as a result, it gives you a point of reference or a frame of re reference of what he can do in the current and future situations. So if you can't remember the God of the past, when you used to, when you did, when you had, you can't know what the God of the present will do and the God of the future can do when you face those situations. I remember when I was five months pregnant and the doctor told me that my son, Wade, was dead. In the hospital room, lying on the bed, emerging. And the doctor said, the child is dead. Everything was happening at the time. I didn't even know how to process properly. You know, you're hearing so many things. My, my, my own body is going through stuff. 
And he said, and the doctor said to me, and if I, if everything does, doesn't work out, the possibility exists that it also take my life. So you're not thinking about the child living hard as you're thinking about. So they, you're thinking about the child, you're thinking about your body, you think about what you're going through. You're, so many things going on in your mind, and in that one time, at that time I wasn't a Christian, but I knew that my grandmother prayed. And I learned how to pray. And the only thing I knew then was to the pray to the God of my grandmother, pray to the God where the same God I saw my grandmother would pray to when my brother had, um, I'm going to call it, is it if, well, I'm going to, Jamaican, we call it Fitz. Seizure. He had a seizure and I'm playing with him and I see, I see, I see him drop and start to do something. Then I run, mama. And I, she just come and she just lay her hands and him just, ooh, and, and, and shake out a bit. And that was it. That one time, never see it happening again. And I, and he still doesn't have that happening in his life again. I remembered that God that my grandmother depended on then. And I called out to that God right on that bed. And now I can say that when the doctors told, my, told me that my son was dead, God said my son was alive. And so now in my current situation, I keep reminding my son when he comes to that crossroad. I said, the doctors, I said, wait, you have nothing to lose because the doctors say you were already dead. You were already dead. But know that you're alive, you have the opportunity to do what you couldn't have done because you are dead. So you're dead to the things that you, dead, dead to the things that would have hold you, dead to the things that, that, that you even that you had as expectations. But God made you alive again for something. And every time he comes to this place where he calls me and he shares with me his own disappointments, I remind him, way the doctor said you are dead. So it's like you're, you have a second life, son. It's a second life you're living. The Lord continues to respond to your cry. And he responds to my cry, despite the seemingly seeming silence or absence in your situation. You're praying from last year, you're praying this month, you're praying from January, and no change. His response is geared to cause you to remember what he has done in the past so that you can stop focusing on the impossibility and focus on the God who does the impossible. If you look at your situation, it seems impossible. Can God do all of that? Can God do all of that? Can God really change my situation? Isn't my situation too vast? Can God really remove my shame, my anxiety, my worry? Can he deal with my emotional pain and my agony? God calls you this morning to remember his faithfulness. Remember the time when you were ashamed? You remember that time when you were applying for that job and you didn't know if you'd get it? Remember that time you, you, you had your own pain in your physical pain in your body and you didn't even know if God could heal it? Just so much pain. And now if you stop and move places you couldn't have moved, you realize, but hold on. I am no longer in that pain. God calls you to remember the time he delivered you, the time he guided you when you had no wisdom to make the next step. He calls you to remember the victories that he has won for you. And the times when you needed encouragement, he sent someone to encourage you. You remember the blessings? Remember the things that you now have that you never had when you were praying for them? You prayed for that house, for that car, for that job. Do you remember when you prayed? You never had them. And God, and God delivered. And God is saying to you, remember the blessings that come from my presence. Do you remember? 
Do you remember that time when you, when you felt me so close? Remembrance brings the power of Jesus into your lives and develops spiritual sensitivity to him. When you're not in remembrance, you forget. And so you live at a place like the Israelites. You don't remember. You don't remember that he just brought you, your ancestors out of Egypt, out of slavery. You don't remember that he just provided and paid that one bill that you did not know where the money was going to come from to pay that bill. Remembrance helps you to focus despite the detours and the crisscross paths in, path in life. Remembrance has the ability to change hopelessness and give you hope. It can change mistrust into trust. And it can give you that faith so that you can praise. When you find that you cannot praise, what you need to do is to remember what God has done. Remember and uncover the joy that you once experienced. And you're saying, where, where is that joy? Where is that peace? Go back and remember. If we stop focusing on our disappointments, stop focus, focusing on our discouragements, starting to trust using Bakshina songs and trust with our heart, our mind, and our lives, our days will be different. Our months will look different. Our years will look different. God calls you today, my sisters and brothers, to, re to remembrance. But does, he does not only call you to remember, he calls you to see yourself differently. And that's my second point. The Lord response calls you to see yourself differently. In verses 11 to 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon while he was threshing wheat in the wine press so as to hide the grain from the Midianites. The mention the angel of the Lord, that's, that's what they call a theophany. And that is where in the Old Testament God appears in bodily form, human bodily form. Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press, as opposed to be threshing in the open space, where the wind will come and blow the chaff away. But because he was fearful and he was hiding, because remember, as soon as it's harvest time, who comes? The enemies come to destroy. And he had little grain, so he went into the wine press. And he was there where wine presses, where you press grapes to make wine. So there's no space. There's no need for that open, airy space because there's no chaff to be blown away. And imagine Gideon in that small space trying to get the grains and remove the chaff. There's no way that he could throw it up. Imagine him maybe rubbing it with his hand and, and blowing can't do it the way it's supposed to be done because he was hiding. But notice that the Lord himself, the Lord didn't send a prophet this time. He appeared himself to Gideon. And he addresses Gideon in a way that you and I would never have seen Gideon hiding in a wine, in a wine press, trying to thresh, thresh wheat. He says to him, valiant warrior. And depending on your translation, mighty warrior, mighty man of God, the Lord is with you. He addresses Gideon's fear by promising his presence with him at all times. And that is what God is saying to you this morning and saying to you, in the midst of your fear from doing what I have called you to do, I'm promising you 
that once you step out and dive off like that guy jumping off the cliff, I will be with you. Psalms, first Psalm 16 verse 7, 7 tells us that the Lord does not see as man sees. So you would not have seen Gideon and call him mighty man of God, mighty man of, of valor, mighty, mighty hero. Gideon would not call himself that either. Proverbs 21, 2 tells us, all a man weighs seems right to him, but the Lord weighs his heart. And Romans 4, 3 tells us that God calls things that aren't into being. What is God calling into being for you? I heard a story about a man whose son stole. And when he asked him about it, the boy lied. And in reprimanding him, the father refused to call him a thief and a liar. And as he whipped him, he said, you doctor, you lawyer, you teacher. The man wanted his son to see that there are other possibilities that you, other things you can become other than a liar and a thief. He wanted himself, to, he wanted himself his son to see himself differently. And to believe that he could become anything other than a liar and a thief. Sometimes we can only see the worst in ourselves. And we can only see the worst in others. Like if, if, if I would ask for a show of hand, I, I can guarantee that most of you would know all the faults, my, all of my faults. But all of you wouldn't know all of my good ways. Because we are, we are human beings and we do that. We tend to see the worst in others. But God does not see you the way you see yourself. He does not see you the way I see you. And he does not see me the way you see me. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 tells us that God's thoughts and ways are higher than your thoughts and ways. He knows the heart of all, Acts 1, 24 tells us. And all of us, you and I, are naked and exposed to his eyes. Hebrews 4.13 tells us. And that's the reason why he can call you beautiful when you feel ugly. That is why he could call me to go and to, and, and, and to, go and, and to do my undergrad when my teacher told me that I was dumb. Actually, it caused me to pass common entrance when my teacher told me I was dumb. That is why he could call you brilliant. When you feel dumb and call you successful when you feel like a failure. And now he calls you to arise when everything inside of you wants to stay where you are and not move. God says, do it while afraid. Today I hear God speaking to you, Tashina. I hear him speaking to you, Karen, Rifa, Tamar, Laverne, Winsome, Stephen, Angela, Onika, Jordan. And I hear God speaking to you and he's responding to your cry. And he's calling you to see yourself differently. He said, surrender your image of yourself to him. That negative image that image of yourself that tells you why, you why you can't, why you can't jump off, why you can't move out. He says, surrender that image of yourself to me and take my perspective of you. You are the businessman, the businesswoman that I see God is saying. Come closer to me so that you can have a full view of who you are. Come closer. See yourself as the person that I, God, can use. The prior warrior, Tashina. The prophet, Tashina. The prophetess, the teacher, Karen. The leader, Rifa. The, the girl after God's own heart, Laverne. 
the healer and the one who God can trust with his heart and his hands carrying the mother Anika that can speak tender words over her children and watch them become what you call them into being. Jordan, the mighty man of God, the mighty warrior, Jordan. Angela, the girl who moves when God says to move without thinking. Tamar, the leader, the one who speaks over the lives of those who God calls you to lead. The wise son and the wise daughters of God. Remember your thoughts influences your outlook and your attitude. And if you see yourself the way God sees you, it changes how you do things and what you do. God is calling you today to see yourself differently. See yourself. Will you see yourself differently? God calls you to, re to remembrance. And he calls you to see yourself differently. But he's not stopping there. He's calling you to stop blaming others so that you can reflect. That's my third point. The Lord's re response calls you to stop blaming others and reflect. In verse 13, Gideon questions and he blames the Lord for the nation's distress. And he says in verse 13, Sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? And you may be asking, but God... If you say you are for me, if you say you are my God, wh why have you not done? Why have you not answered? God, you have abandoned me. You have forsaken me. You have forgotten me. Why have you not answered my prayers? And like Gideon, you may be asking questions, but at the same time, you may be blaming God for what you're going through. Gideon never saw the need to repent. Instead, he moved to blaming God. He had heard about the great works of God in the past, yet he wondered why he didn't see the great works. He thought God was the problem. But the real problem wasn't Israel's disobedience. The real problem, I'm sorry, but the real problem was Israel's disobedience. God did not forsake Israel. Israel abandoned the Lord when they disobeyed him and worshiped the God of the Amorites that they were warned not to do. Deuteronomy 31, 16 to 18. Scholars suggest that God brought Israel into bondage through the op oppression of the Midianites. And this for them is an example of, of God's grace and mercy because God will take you into the problem and allow the problem to get worse so that you can turn to him. God knew that the best way to get the Israelites to be blessed and the best way to bless them is to cause the Midianites to oppress them so that they can turn towards blessing. Imagine, we are going off on our own way and God said, I want to bless my children so badly. I'm going to allow them to come up on a dead end. I'm going to allow them to meet upon some level of oppression and discouragement so that they can turn to me where my, because I want to bless them and I in me lies their blessing. It is so easy to blame God and others for the problems in our lives. But not all our problems are as a result of Satan. Not all our problems are as a result of God, our friend, our co-worker, our spouse, our family member. Some of our problems are directly linked to our disobedience. And God calls us to stop. Assess. Reflect. 
and stop blaming. So God caused us to remember. He caused us to see ourselves differently. He caused us to stop blaming others and reflect. And he called us to arise and to do it while afraid. That's my fourth point. The Lord response calls you, Tashina. I don't know why I feel like I must pick on you to arise and do it while afraid. In verses 14 to 16, the Lord turned to Gideon and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? God, my clan is the weakest in the whole of Manasseh. And I am the least in my entire family. How can I? Who can you read? Me? And that's what you're saying. But the Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Imagine God is saying that whole army, Gideon, when I send you out, it's like you're fighting with one man. An equal battle, one on one. God chose Gideon as the deliverer in response to Israel's cry. God has chosen you, Tashina, in response to someone's cry. It is hard to see what God sees in Gideon because he does not look the part, right? He does not look like a valiant warrior. He does not look like a courageous deliverer. What strength does Gideon have? And you may be asking yourself, but well, what strength does he or she has? And you know the name that will come to you. And what strength does I have? Gideon could not see the strength the Lord spoke about. And so what he does, he works hard to find reasons why God should not and could not choose him. I remembered when, when I sent the Lord calling me to seminary. I said, God, <laughs> as a me, I said, God, you cannot trust me with people. I said, I can't trust with people. I said, when I go to seminary, I'm going to have to work with women. And you know, I only do well with men. I said, you cannot trust me. And I'm giving God reason why he can. I said, God, remember, I cannot write. Remember, God, I can only do math. And I gave him all of the reasons. And maybe you have given him reasons why he can't use you. Gideon says, how can I save Israel? Me? Me? Me who threshing wheat in wine press? Me? My clan, the weakest in the whole tribe. I am the least in my entire family, not even in my siblings, but my entire family, me, my cousins, my aunts, uncles, and I'm the least. But the Lord brushed Gideon's excuses aside. And in verse 16, what you know what he did? He promises, I will be with you, Gideon. You will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive as if it was you one man to one man, like an equal battle. God saw what Gideon could not see in himself. And it's the same thing. He sees what you cannot see in yourself. Maybe you're from a family. And in the family, you're the black sheep. You're the worst of the family. You're the unachiever in your family. You're the one that one and one people wondering, what going to take happen to that one? That one going to really turn out to anything. But like Gideon, you may have many excuses why God cannot use you. However, when God summons, it is already done. The fact that God called you this morning, <laughs> it is already done. This is one of the seated in the heavenly realms moment where the work is finished. When God chooses, he knows you have the might and strength to accomplish the task. When God calls, he equips to accomplish the task. When God sends, he goes with you. So arise. Do it despite the fear. 
When God called Moses in Exodus 3, verse 12, he assured him of his presence and he said to, to Moses, I will surely be with you. When he called Joshua in Joshua 1, verse 5, he said to him, as I was with Moses, Joshua, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. When Jesus sent his disciples in Matthew 28, 20, he says, as surely I am with you. He says, and surely I am with you always, even to, he even extend it. And he even tell it until the end of this age. God responds to your cry and, he, and, he, and the cry of the world. God is responding. And you know what he's saying to you? You are the answer to the cry of the world. You see those prayers that you're praying that's happening in the world and you're, you're seeing what's happening all around the world. God is saying, you are the answer. But you may feel, that's, I can't do that. I don't know how to do it. And they're going to reject me. I, I am not saved long enough. I don't feel qualified. I don't have enough money. I don't have the emergency fund all saved up. So God, I can't give it because if I give it, I, 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 I don't have the money saved up. I don't want to do it. And it's not done well. Because Lord, you know, whatever I do, I do properly. And if I don't have the confidence, I won't do it. God, I don't have the ability. I don't have the family support and the backing. My family are not encouraging me to do it. Lord, do you remember that I'm single and divorced and you can't send divorced women and divorced men and single women and single men on the battlefield? There is no one to help me or to show me how to do it. For every time you say no to God, God is saying to you, I can give you a reason for a yes. But every time you say no, God says, I can give you a reason for a better yes. Despite your reasons, God has called you. And he says to you this morning, Tashina, why am I picking on you? Go with the strength you have. Do not wait for fear to go away. Arise and go. That it that I told you about earlier, accomplishing that it is far more important than what you fear. Whatever that it is that God is calling you to do. It is easy to walk away. It is easy to give up. It is easy to start something new. It is easy to say, God, I can't do it. And God, you know, I can't do it. And it must not be you calling me because you know that I can't do it. You know, I don't have the ability. You know, I don't have the money. You know, I don't have, but well, I don't have, and I don't have, and I don't have. You know, I can't walk away from the job. You know, I can't this. I can't this. I can't. God, you know, I can't open a new business because I don't have what it takes. All I hear God saying to you today, go back and remember the times where he came through before. Go back and remember. See yourself differently. Stop blaming others so that you can reflect on your own actions. Arise and do it, even though you feel afraid. Tatashina, because you're the one who selected that, 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 that image. God is saying to you, dive off Tashina, jump off the cliff. Jump off the parachute, will open Tashina. And even if the, the, the parachute fail, he says, I am there to catch you, Tashina. You won't hit ground. And if you hit ground, Tashina, you'll be hit it on your feet standing. Do it while afraid, Tashina. Toka. Do it while afraid. Do it while afraid. Don't wait for the fear to go. The fear will only attract other fears. 
And before you know it, you can't move from point A to B. Because everything that can attract itself like a magnet is going to attract itself to you to hold your feet right where you are. And so today, as we celebrate and remember through communion, the, the Lord's death and resurrection, we look forward to his glorious return in the future. And Paul tells us to remember in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, he says, remember. And so today, my sisters and brothers, I ask you to arise with me. Arise, get up from where you are mentally. For some of us, it's physically, get up. For some of us, it's emotional. For some of us, we are too stuck. I was giving a, a lady, a, a friend of mine, a joke the other day about somebody I have not seen for years. Maybe I would, I would say what, over, maybe about 30, 40 years. Yeah, 30 something, 40 years, yeah. 40 years is more like, no, 30 something years, yeah. And so he was trying to catch up with me. And he said, so what's happening in your life? And so I said, okay, I am divorced. He said, you married us and I'm divorced. He said, okay. Because he knew, he heard that I was married and the children was married to my children's father. I said, yeah, I'm divorced. But that's I was married again and, and, and divorced. And he said, again? <laughs> you know, if he had said that to me in 2020, I was so ashamed. But I felt for, for myself laughing, 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 laughing. And I was saying it to a friend of mine. Oh, I was laughing. And she said, you know what? You're no longer bound by shame. Some of us, we are bound by shame this morning. And that's all why we can, only thing we can remember is what was done to us. Well, only thing we can remember is the pain of yesterday, the pain of yesteryear, whatever the time frame is for you. Some of us are bound and the enemy literally, like him, cement your foot in one spot. Cement your mind in the same spot. And you can't even move on to the new possibilities. The Lord is calling you today and I ask that you arise today from your emotion pain, emotional pain. And remember what Jesus did for you. Arise to the reality that if we believe in Jesus, we will do the works that he has done and even greater works. Because many of us knowing and wanting to do the greater works, but we have not moved from where we are. We need to arise and to see ourselves the way that God sees us. He sees you. He sees the characteristics. He sees his attributes in you. The goodness, he sees them in you. The graciousness, he sees it. The kindness, he sees it. The ability, he sees it. Arise. This morning, as we take the communion, now we're going to commit God. We're not going to blame others. We're not going to blame you anymore. I'm going to reflect and assess my situation as well as my conduct, my attitude and my thoughts. Because as I say before, those things determine how far we go. Our outlook. We arise so that we can do what we are called to do even while we are afraid. So let us go down to Montego Bay together in our minds. Let us go to that place, whatever you call it again, um, right where in Tashina, you know, Montego Bay. Rick's Cafe. Rick's Cafe. Let us go down to Rick's Cafe. Let us go and jump off. Let us go and jump off together. Negril. It's not only near the place in, in, in Montego Bay oh, okay. too. <laughs> right on the corner of the road. Margaritaville. Margaritaville. Margaritaville, yeah, yeah. Margaritaville. Let us go down to Margaritaville. And who we'll, we'll know Risk Cafe? Go to the Risk Cafe. We're going to jump <laughs> off this morning. We are going to jump off this morning. We're going to, if you're afraid of water, we're going to jump off still. If you can't swim or you can't swim, we're going to jump off. Because we're saying no more. We're not going to be stuck. We're going to unstuck our feet this morning because literally some of our feet are cemented in place. And we can only think it, but we can't move to it.
And so I want us to close our eyes this morning. Understand vision yourself, jumping off the cliff to accomplish the thing that God called you to do. The things you know. Success is not about the money or the possession that you have. Success is you walking in purpose and accomplishing that which you came on earth to accomplish. Kashina, what you come to accomplish? Is it that bar where you need to go pass? Is it that exam where you need to pass for them call you what they need to call you so that you can do God work and do some pro bono in the process? You have to walk in it. Tamar, you know how many see already, full of potential. Filled with potential. But Tamar, money won't give you success. Possession won't give you success. You won't be successful, my sister, until you fulfill the very purposes God created you to do here. That's the only time he will stay to your success. Laverne, you do, you too. You won't be successful, um, Laverne, until you accomplish what God called Laverne to do. You know what the Lord reminded me of the other day? He says many of us are on supplements. He says people take, people eat, you eat your dinner and you feel like the food don't have enough nutrients, so we take supplements, right? But he said some of us are only feeding on supplements that we're not eating. We're doing the praise and worship and we, we're listening to the songs and we, we're, listening, we're just listening, but we're not coming before him. And even that God is calling us to arise too. He said, if you're not meeting with me in the, in the mornings, in the evening, whatever time, you, you can work it out. He said, you're living off supplements. And mommy and, and lover and our nurses, they understand that supplements are, are insufficient to live off supplements. So unless we're walking in that purpose, to accomplish what that purpose looks like. And you and I don't know what your purpose fully is. But God is calling you today to arise. Get up. Start eat food. Real food. Don't let the rocks cry out for you. Don't let the trees lift the branches and move for you. Do it even while you are afraid. 